What is up, everybody? This is JJ, and it's the Heart of Dating Podcast, episode three of the Men's Minisode series, aka the Mini Man series, is what I like to call it. So I am so pumped. Guys, I can't believe it. Kate literally let me get back on on episode three. Uh, she's a little upset with me right now because I'm rocking a mustache for November. And so, you know, the chips are stacked against me. But I think you guys have enjoyed it so much. And the feedback has been so awesome here that she has no choice but to let me come back on for episode three. So I appreciate you guys cheering on the men's minisodes. Let's go. A couple housekeeping items before we get into the episode today, which we're going to be talking about how to close it down well. I can't wait. But if you guys have not seen yet on the IG, we are leaking details about the Heart of Dating Conference. It is in Atlanta, baby. Georgia, we're coming back down to the Southlands. It's going to be February 17th and 18th. We are partnering with Story Church and Tony and Sam Collier. We cannot wait. If you guys have not seen our keynote speaker number one that has been released, it is the man, the myth, the legend, JP Pocluda. Let's go. We are pumped. We are so blessed, so fortunate to be partnering with, with such amazing speakers who really get singleness. They can speak to this. We got a couple more speakers to be released with a singles party that is going to be released for that Sunday afternoon and that night. You know that if I'm involved in the planning, this is not going to be an awkward, here's my card, here's your card mixer with young adults. It's going to be fun, right? If there's one thing we do well on this minisodes or the men's guides or whatever it is, it's we have fun. Okay. That's my type seven on the Enneagram coming through. You know, I got you guys. Okay. Moving on. Speaking of fun, we got the TSA men's group coming up this month in TSA. We're covering anxiety, how to conquer anxiety and self-sabotage. So for the dudes and the fellas, we've been talking about this briefly. We have basically the group sharing where we have updates, discussions, things that are happening in our dating lives where we just rally, celebrate, grieve, and just support each other. It's actually been super, super special to see men across the country come together and unite in the dating world. It's been super cool. And then lastly, fellas, because you know I got you, we have our first freebie coming out. I am actually on a bet with Kate. So guys, there's two ways you can get the guide, okay? You can go to heartofdating.com slash resources, and you can download the men's guide to a great date, or you can text Teddy to 214-225-7772. That's Teddy to 214-225-7772. Seven two. Now, my bet with Kate is that guys would much more rather text Teddy to that number and I just shoot them the link than have to go to heartofdating.com slash resources to go find the guide, find the menu, and then download it that way. So if you guys want to know what's <laughs> what goes on behind the scenes with these kind of <laughs> decisions, my bet is that you guys would rather have it texted to you than you just go straight to the link. So that is the bet we have going on. I'm glad you guys get to prove me right against Kate right here. So jumping in, this is what I am loving this week. 
Spiritually, we've been doing the Bible recap now all year. This is by Tara Lee Cobble. She's amazing. She's based in Dallas. Basically, guys, if you did not know, the Bible recap is one of the top like 10 podcasts in the entire world, like top 10 in the entire world. And what they do is they read the Bible in a year. So you have your daily readings, and then there's a podcast or a book to go with it where they give a historical recap and interpretation of the text with a God shot. When I tell you it is so cool to walk through the life of Jesus or the Old Testament where you read you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes for that day, and then you get a really cool historical contextual recap and interpretation of what's going on. It is like the highlight of my day. I'm like blown away every time because I just learned so much about God's word, the context, how it's connected, and what it really meant here. I love it. I think you guys might like it too. For the book that I'm reading right now, I just started this simultaneously. It's called The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. I think this is a must read in today's age. Uh, if you guys particularly struggle with pride like me or taking offense in your life, it really just kind of outlines how getting offended is a trap of Satan, which actually cuts us off from fellowship from God. Think about that. Getting offended is actually a trap of Satan, which cuts off fellowship from God. And I love one quote that I read so far that's really stuck with me is, a person who cannot forgive has forgotten how much God has forgiven them. A person who cannot forgive has forgotten how much God has forgiven them. So cool. Now, this is a lot. I know you guys are <laughs> you guys are really getting to know me in these first sections, but these are just things that are going down in my life that I think that you guys might really, really enjoy. So the other thing is my lifestyle and the diet change I've had recently. So this is a little bit of a protein hack. So it's a, a bit of a common myth to say that your body can only digest 30 grams of protein in a sitting. It can digest 30 grams of protein in a sitting, but it can digest the rest of the protein you consume in that sitting throughout the day. So if you guys are trying to hit higher protein levels in your diets, you can actually bump up your scoops of protein from one to two, and then you can even buff up your protein shake. I like to buff it up with liquid egg white. That really helps me go from a protein shake with 30 grams of protein with peanut butter in it to like 60 or 70 grams of protein it really fuels my entire morning and day. So that's a good hack for you guys right there. And then the last one is media wise, I'm about to start Andor. This is the, the Star Wars series. I personally love the fact that they started doing TV shows, especially since their new movies were so, um, let's insert a word that Kate would not approve. <laughs> I was really not a big fan, but apparently their new movie is in full stoppage because of fear and indecision at Lucasfilm. So I have no idea what's going on over there, but I'm about to check out Andor. I'll let you guys know how that goes down. Now, lastly, to wrap up, my favorite section of the whole entire housekeeping items is the questions in my DM. So here's the question. JJ, I've been following the long distance episode for advice on dating this girl I really like via long distance. After talking for a little while, I've finally worked up the courage to ask about visiting in person. She was definitely caught off guard and was uncertain about the request, so I'm not sure how to follow up after she asked her time and space to process the request. Do you have any advice? First, yes, I do. 
Number two, I love it. Even if you're leading with failure by clarity, it's still a success because you are leading with clarity. You're leading with courage. So I love that. Second, if you are sure about her, don't let her uncertainty impact your confidence in your pursuit. Kate was apprehensive and unsure about me. Honestly, like quite a few times, especially in the beginning. But you are here for the long game if you are truly ignited to pursue them. I would say your response should encompass that attitude. You are in no rush for an answer. You will operate on God's timeline and you are more than happy to accommodate her needs, which is stated. She needs time and space. That's time and space that you respect. And in the meanwhile, you can pray, you can rest, you can proceed with the dating relationship as normal. And guess what? She will get back to you when she is ready, okay? Fun fact, he actually followed that advice. And when she reached out, she was comfortable. And he actually flew back to see her simultaneously while visiting family. And they just spent their first time together. And it was, quote unquote, incredible. So blessings to you, my brother. Regardless of how it works out, I'm proud of you. And now we are getting into the episode, how to close it down well. Let's go. So this is what I have never heard. I've never heard this spoken about in a podcast. I've never heard it spoken about from the pulpit, from a guy I follow, from my community group. And I look back over my dating history and I just wish I would have heard a message like this again and again and again. I wish I would have heard it in a part one, part two, part three, part four, just absolutely addressed and drilled in me. So that is why I'm so excited to talk about it today. I personally think as men, if we do decide to date, and you know, fellas, I rarely give out prescriptive dating advice. So if, if we do decide to date, we have to have some rules of life to abide in that like guide us, right? So if you do decide to date, you must find yourself and hold yourself accountable to this idea of closing it down well. There's like a few cornerstones of dating within community, dating as a young adult, dating as a Christian man. And I think the idea of closing it down well is absolutely imperative. Like this is not an optional thing if we do decide to date. There's a myriad of dating relationships to address of closing it down well. So I'm not just talking about closing it down well. We've been dating for three months. I don't really like her. And how do I kind of end this well? That's part of it. But closing it down well can literally apply to friendationships, first dates, the talking and dating phase of, you know, we've been on three to five dates. It can be a short-term relationship. It can be a long-term relationship. It can be an engagement, right? Obviously, what I just described is chaotic. There's tons of types of relationships with deep nuance and context there. But most importantly, we need to kind of figure out some guidelines to help us close it down well. And as a side note, I would just say for the friendationships, if that one jumped off on you, I really do think that out of kindness... I really do believe it falls on the man, the true man to address this. So whether or not you are the one who has more than friendly feelings, I think it's on you to maybe address it or ask out that girl. Or if you know that she's not interested, it's kind of on you to start closing it down. 
and this is going to be controversial, and this is really going to challenge you guys, but if you hear from friends of friends, or you just see this girl who's super, super persistent, really, really giving you the eyes, always kind of hovering or gravitating in your vicinity, hopefully not in too much of like a overbearing way, I do think out of kindness, you are obligated to clarify your attention and desire for friendship and friendship only. I know you didn't ask for her to like you. I know you did not ask for her to kind of be around you or send out those feelers. But I do think out of kindness, the true man finds a way to close down foundationships, uh, whether or not you are the one who is doing the crushing or it's the girl. So there you go. I said it. But let's look at the data, right? There's a lot of different relationships kind of going on. So I, what I wanted to do for you men, especially for you men who are always like, where's this in scripture? Or what about the data? Well, here you go. So the average number of people we date before we get married, this is secular numbers. So what we could probably do is, is do like a Christian division of maybe cutting it like in half or three-fourths. The average number of people we date before marriage is 30. Okay. We go on dates with about 27 people of these, which means we, if we use a 50% rule of we're rejected 50% and then we reject people 50% of the time, this means that you have to give out 14 rejections at least in your life. And this is just dating. Like you've actually gone on a date. Fun fact, statistically speaking, they also say that you go on four disaster dates and that you get stood up twice. So that's just a little fun fact. If you ever get discouraged statistically, if you're an outlier on that, then I'm with you, brother. I'm praying for you. Come hang out in TSA with the men and, and we'll pick you up for sure. And then relationships, it says statistically we go through four relationships before we find the person that we marry. We go through two long-term relationships. So of those relationships, two of them are long-term, longer than a year. And then fun fact, we also go through statistically one long-distance relationship. So what I'm saying, even if we cut these numbers in half, right? You date instead of 30 people, you date 15. You go on dates with 15 people. And then let's toss in the talking phase and the friendationships. That's maybe another, say, 15. So what I'm basically trying to say is statistically speaking, you're going to have this conversation of how to close it down well, I think a lot more than you realize. We kind of focus on relationships, which to be honest, you probably should be preparing and finding a way to research and gracefully end that relationship well. But my point here was, I actually think we have to close it down, especially as men, a lot more than we would ever realize. Somewhere in the ballpark of probably 20 to 30 times, especially if we're addressing the foundationships, first dates, talking phase and relationships, right? Like it's definitely chaotic. So what I would say, if I could grab you guys on the side and give you guys some tenets, some principles to abide in, to close it down well, no matter the relationship, here is what they would be. You ready? Number one, seek first to honor before expressing. Seek first to honor before expressing. Number two, be clear in your message. I can't tell you how important this is. Whatever you say, make sure it is clear. Number three, be aware of the disappointment 
on both sides. Be aware of the disappointment on both sides. And number four, play the long-term game. Number four, play the long-term game. So let's jump in so I can respect your guys' time because if we go overtime today, again, it's not going to go well for me, okay? So number one, we're going to seek first to honor (laughs) before expressing. So this is controversial, but in Communications 101, they always teach us to use the sandwich effect or the Oreo effect if you like sweets like me. This just basically means the top of the sandwich, it's honor, appreciation of them. The meat of the sandwich or the filling of the Oreo is the true message, the clear message. And the third and the, the finishing touch is a finding a way to honor them, appreciate them, compliment them. Let me just clarify here, the motivation of the sandwich effect or the Oreo, this is not done to just soften the blow so we can people please and make them like us at the end of this. This is done to call out the good and the value we believe they possess. They are made in the image of God. They are our Christian sister. There are multiple things that we think are good that have value and them that we admire, that we respect, and that we believe they are blessed with, this is a good opportunity to surface those things. So again, number one, we honor them, call out things we appreciate about them, respect about them. Number two, we give them the message, the clarity of ideally, you know, this conversation's coming in with some kind of form of rejection. And then we're wrapping up with, again, we're honoring them. We're appreciating them. I can't control how you react, but I am going to be clear and I am going to kindly give you this message with a lot of grace and a lot of truth and encouragement about who you are, right? This rejection hopefully does not define them. Number two, guys, if, if I could go back on a time machine, I, I had to learn this lesson the hard way as a people pleaser. I had a lot of rejection conversations where really out of fear of how they're going to react, fear of how they're going to view me, fear of how they're going to interpret it, I was not clear. I tried to gently, gently, gently give this message. And let me be clear. The most loving thing you can do is to be clear. Clarity is kindness. Ambiguity for a woman especially is not. It's one of the most harmful things, one of the most painful experiences a woman can go through is to have a lot of ambiguity. And so the funniest thing about being clear or the opposite, which is not being clear and being kind of gray and ambiguous, that's actually more about us than it is for them. If we truly love them and we truly wanted to be kind, we would be clear instead of worrying about ourselves, the fear of how they might react to us, the fear of how they might view us, their opinion. So let me be clear. I'm saying that word a lot. Be completely transparent. This is not where you have to be like completely tone deaf with the truth that you give. But again, I gave that example last week. Don't use words like, I just need to push pause. I need a little bit of a break. I need time to process and pray. If it is gray, give it away. When I played quarterback, we'd have these plays called zone reads where the whole entire offensive line blocks down and I take the football and I look straight at the defensive end. My running back comes across the my face and it's a zone read where I'm reading the, the D end. I had one rule when this happened. If that defensive end was not strictly about to tackle the running back, 
I could pull it and I could run. But if he was any way whatsoever gray or coming after me, I would give it away. When it comes to dating and you've been on three dates, five dates, you've been a month in, two months in, and it's not clear, like it's gray and you really, really need to be convinced. If you're not ignited after months, guess what? You probably will never be, okay? So be clear in your message. Don't say, I want to revisit this later. If you're not going to be dating her 100% and pursuing her to the next date or in relationship, it's time to be clear, okay? That is the most loving thing you can do, and that is what a man does. He's clear in that situation. Number three, be aware of the disappointment on both sides. Be aware of your disappointment and hers, especially when I say how to end it well, how to close it down well, I really do mean on both sides. If you are being rejected, it's still on you as the man and the leader of the friendship and the relationship to close it down well. So there's going to be disappointment. And then vice versa, if you were doing the rejecting, you were doing the closing down, just be aware that it's going to involve a lot of disappointment on her side that you cannot control. But what you can control is your empathy your compassion, right, for the pain or sadness. Again, this is not people-pleasing. This is just being human who has an affinity and compassion for other humans, right? And so when we lead these rejections, I like to channel that empathy, that compassion in the form of honoring them, appreciating them, respecting them, giving something to encourage them. And then obviously beyond that is out of your control. And then the second side, right, is for you men, if you are the one who is getting rejected, I just want to encourage you, don't suppress those feelings and don't rage on her, right? There's like that pendulum of suppression of pain, suppression of the disappointment. And then I've heard story after story where guys get broken up with or closed down on and they just rage. They start just hurling insults and mud. Obviously, neither of those are very compassionate for ourselves or for the other person. So this is advice for you guys. If you have a close friend or yourself is going through it, acknowledge the feelings. Acknowledge the feelings with Jesus. Acknowledge the disappointment. I have had some of my best friends come over after being both the rejecter or rejected. And you know what we did? We just talked. They brought it up at their own pace, their own pain or hurt. They talked about it. I was just a great listener. And then we might have had a beer. We might have watched sports. We maybe would talk more in between breaks. We played Call of Duty. We might have gone out and golf. Just being around them in their vicinity is comforting. If you're a guy going through rejection or heartbreak, just getting in the vicinity of your best friends who are guys is great. And then for me and my friend, the way I just supported him was I just listened and I just hung out with him. And that meant so much to him. He literally came up to me years later and just was like crying, telling me how much that night meant for him, right? Because he was so angry and upset. Number four, how to close it down well, play the long term. Could there be some awkwardness? Yes. Could there be some emotional pain? For sure, especially on both sides. But in the term of dating and the church and community, we play the long-term game of hope, the long-term game of expectations to have right relationship, righteousness in our relationships. So we hope that 
after this dating situation, there absolutely can be friendship and relationship, especially men, if you have been dating well with boundaries and respecting, you're not making out on the second date with every single girl you go out on, just love bombing her and being completely infatuated, right? If you're obviously pacing it well, respecting them well, being very wise and discerning with your words or your physical affection, there's absolutely space and hope that you guys can continue to have a long-term relationship, okay? Here are the questions you would love to answer if you closed it down well, right? This is kind of like the litmus test of you wrapped up this relationship, this friendship, friendationship, third date situation, this chaos, whatever it might be, here is the litmus test to see if you close it down well. Number one, can you hold friendship afterwards, right? Maybe not like the day after, but a week after, two weeks after, short term after, can you hold relationship? If not, there might be a problem with how you are leading. The second litmus test is this, could they date your friend? Could they date your close guy friend or vice versa? Could you date their friend? Okay. Vice versa. Do they work? If not, there might be a problem with how you are leading the dating relationship. I fully expect and hope that if we date well, especially on both sides, it is perfectly possible that they could date your friend the next week, the month after, and it'd be totally cool, right? Or you could date hopefully their friend if they are dating well. And that's totally cool. I think that should indicate whether or not you are dating well. And if not, if it's getting really messy, there could be a problem with how you are leading that relationship. And the, the last litmus test is this. Would they recommend you to a friend? Would they recommend you to a friend? And if not, bearing, you know, obviously some context there, there might be a problem with how you are leading. I love these last three podcasts because you fellas are loving it and it is challenging you and you've really resonated with the messages. I would just say if these podcasts strike you, if they kind of prick your heart or your attention or your curiosity, your best learnings, your best feedback is in your past dating relationships, friendships, and everything in between. How did those end? Are you able to hold friendship? Are you able to recommend them and vice versa? And if not, I don't, this is not rocket science. You guys are probably sitting there daydreaming and thinking about that relationship, that dating friendship, whatever it was that didn't go too well, that you didn't show up as your best self. Now, I would just say there's grace for that, but there's not a lot of room for you to keep repeating those mistakes because the, the stakes here, I'm gonna say it again. You guys got me going. And this is what I'm going to wrap up on. The stakes are high. The enemy's greatest trap with dating in the church is to cause as much pain, as much damage, as much disbelief, discouragement, loss of hope, broken friendship and relationships as possible to make it as chaotically bad and messy as possible. So the stakes are high and even higher than that is the opportunity for us men. We get to step into the chaos with God and be ambassadors of hope, of honor, of compassion, of grace, truth, self-control, wisdom, and love. That's the privilege with God that we get to step into the young adult community and date well. And it's only accomplishable with his Holy Spirit. We are not men who are leading with our own strength, our own control, but we are men being led by the Holy Spirit, right? In true humility. 
I love the parable of those who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. If you cannot be trusted to date well in the church, what makes you think that you'll be able to do marriage well as a picture of the church? Okay, that's what I'm going to end on. I love you guys so much. You're going to get me amped up here talking about the church, dating well, and the great privilege we have as men. I love you fellas so much. Happy Wildlife Friday yet again. I can't wait to do episode four. I love you guys. It's such a privilege and honor. Have a great weekend. Be blessed. And I will see you next week.